0: Orale, bienvenidos, and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. This is Jorge Martin, Familia NFL Insider Series is hot, caliente, caliente. We're going Windy City today, and oh, I'm just this is one of my favorite people, Familia. Just, <laughs> I just, I'm so. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'll give you. I'll give you the intro in a second. But first off, I want to make sure you're going. We, we're on YouTube. Make sure you're giving us a like and subscribe. Come on, give give us that subscriber numbers. Our numbers have been jumping already with the with this NFL Insider series, and I'm so happy. Keep coming in because set those notifications because we're going to be having almost every day. Uh, one of these NFL insiders dropping some major knowledge specific to fantasy for every team. Thirty-two for thirty-two. We're doing this. We're doing this. And also want to make sure you're going when you go to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code familia twenty-three, familia 23 If you want to do it in Spanish, I'm going to get you. You when you do your deposit for your first hundred dollars, going to match. Underdog's going to match you uh, another hundred dollars, and you're going to do best ball. You can do best ball drafts. You can do them now. You can do them all the way to kickoff on that first thursday in september next year i mean oh goodness oh when it's it's gonna be it's gonna be so on lions and chiefs but you could keep drafting all the way up till then uh best ball is fantastic so oh familia i want to make sure that we're uh I, i'm welcoming someone that uh i wrote out this the this whole long intro but you know what it's one, one, I'm so insanely proud. I'm like a proud deal right now um, because, uh, I mean, our, our invitada right now, I, I saw her when she was just getting started as an intern with the Dodgers. And uh, for some God unknown reason, she credited, she gives me some credit for her getting there. She, you know, I, I opened a little door. She broke through it and look at what she's done. She, I mean, Carmen Vitali. I'm telling you, she is the NFL insider for foxsports.com. She covers the NFC North, so we're going to be going to the Windy City to cover the Bears right now. She's also on the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank Familia. I, I, you know, you get straight, straight Chicago Bears news for her. She was at Minicamp. She's going to be, she's one of the, and uh, she's based in Chicago, so that's why she's perfect to get the inside scoop. Also, a lifelong Chicago. And family, welcome in. Un gran bienvenido to, uh, a, again, proud deal right here, Car- Carmen Vitali yeah. at Carmy V on Twitter.
1: Muchas, muchas gracias. Every single time I talk to you, it's just, it's the biggest gas up ever. Um, and I, I don't know that it's necessarily deserved, it, but at the same time, um, it's true. You know, i you opened the, the editorial world for me for a pro sports team by helping me write for Dodger magazine. And that is, has been something that I wanted to do, despite the fact I was in PR at the time um, for a very long time. And yeah, I parlayed it now into uh, no offense to baseball or uh, the Dodgers. I love baseball. Football as a sport, but football is my passion. Football is my baby. Football is everything that um, I've been interested in since I was about nine years old. So that's what got me into sports already. So the fact that uh, I'm getting to write now about football and do what I always wanted to do is really cool. And now do it for the teams that I grew up watching. Uh, Grew up a lifelong Bears fan, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Now I'm back in the city. And uh, while I'm not quite a fan anymore, because I have four teams to cover. Uh, this is this, this team will always be special to me, and it's really cool and special that I get to cover it, and it's very special and full circle that I get to come on with you and talk about
0: them. Oh, it's just it, it, thing, full circle is exactly it. And you mentioned, uh, you know, covering the four teams. I mean, you're getting pulled in a lot of different directions. It's not easy, but kind of how do you balance it? Because I know you're based in Chicago, but I know I've also seen you covering games all over the place. By the way, mm-hmm. go to foxsports.com. Every time I see something that you write, so I'm just kind of like, oh. This is so awesome to see you doing this. But uh, I, I mean, because like full on journalist and this is this is fantastic. Yeah. But um, covering the four teams uh, in their cities, how how stretched can you get?
1: Yeah, it's been an adjustment period because I've only ever had to up until this point in my journalistic career. Really, I've been responsible for it. I was with Buccaneers for six years working for the team, working out of that building. So I only had to worry about the minutia of one team. So that was the biggest adjustment for me was now I'm having to cover kind of the top level storylines of all four teams and not really get into the nitty gritty as much as maybe I would even like, um, because it's just not possible when you have to cover four teams and you wanna make sure that you're doing justice to all four teams and covering them equally. Uh, That being said, I am in the closest proximity to the bears. So it's easier for me to get up to Hallis for off season things. I was at mini camp um, and, you know, I can go to practices and stuff, whereas I've really only been up for games to the other teams, but Twitter is a hell of a tool and I am terminally online. So that helps out. And the fact that uh, I was able to really get an awesome network of people that help me out as far as coaches and even players mm-hmm. that I can always talk to and lean on um, that are in all four divisions, uh, division teams that uh, this helps me kind of stay on top of what's going on in four cities. Cause I can't be in four cities at once. <laughs>
0: So, uh, you know, I I know I'll ask you a food question in a second, but Chicago is on on its own tier. Mm -hmm. But the other three cities, who has the best food?
1: Ooh, that's tough. Honestly, I'd probably go Minnesota. Minnesota is a really sneaky – or Minneapolis. But, like, um, it's a very sneaky foodie city. Um, There's – I had – my first Juicy Lucy this season, which is a cheese stuffed burger that was uh, popularized and um, yeah made famous in Minneapolis. I went to Matt's, which is credited with being the original. I don't know if they're actually the original, but uh, it was delicious. It was like a really divey um, Minneapolis, Minnesota bar. And I sat at the bar, had my cheeseburger, had some really good French fries that like, you know, I think it was cash only too. Like it was just like, it was one of those things where it was just, it was, it was great. It was a great experience. But other than that too, I mean, I went to a high end steakhouse, like it ranges the gamut. So I think Minneapolis deserves a lot more credit, especially for how much that downtown is now being developed with the addition of us bank stadium, uh, which is a gorgeous facility. Um, it's my, probably my favorite stadium in the league that I've been to. So I haven't been to all 32, but yeah, um, I, I've been to probably two thirds and Minnesota so far is my favorite.
0: I've heard nothing, nothing but great things. Um, um, you know, mutual friend of ours, uh, Ray Darabigi from, uh, the Dodger years. He, uh, he worked for the Rams for a while and he went, he visited that stadium and he just couldn't stop. Uh, stop raving about it. It was, it, it awesome. was absolutely. Oh my goodness. But, um, so let, you know what, let's get into the team right now. So, uh, the bears, um, mm-hmm. as, as we're, we're calling this episode, but, um, second year, Matt Eberflus, um, second year of Luke Getze, uh, mm-hmm. as, as the, as the play caller, you know, they always talk about, you know, kind of like the familiarity with the offense and everything. So now I, th- I think for the fantasy community, there's a lot of excitement about uh, Justin Fields. I, and a uh, former Dodger, Jerry Harrison Jr., who's now a, an announcer for, um, yep. for, for Sportsnet LA, a uh, huge Bears fan. And huge he told Bears me, fan. Huge Bears fan. I had, we I had him. We talked about
1: that when I was an intern. That's oh. how we bonded when oh, he was still playing. God. Which is dating yeah. myself like a lot, but this is when he was playing. And I saw the Blackhawks jersey, and he had some Bears stuff in his locker. And I was like, "What's going on here?"
0: And we just oh. hit it off. He's a huge Bears fan. Well, he he. Uh, I had him on, and we talked, and he said, "You know what? The Bears have the blueprint." They said Justin Fields, twenty twenty one you know, run based offense, let, let the guy run and then, you know, turn him loose the second year. So I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of people in the fantasy community saw just the, the phenomenal 1100 yards from Justin Fields. Some incredible, I still have that 85 yard run that I can't get out of my brain that, um, but, but really he, he made his name as a passer in Ohio state and a great deep ball thrower is, you know, and, obviously taking you know having having improvements in the offensive line improvement in playmakers but is he ready to take another step as a as a passer as well as a runner
1: justin fields has to be ready to take that next step because the bears have now invested so much in that offense to ensure that he does essentially i keep saying justin fields is out of excuses now he needs to be able to put it all together that being said you really couldn't have started the clock on him until last year because that's when Luke Getzey came in. That's when Matty Rifflews came in. This is the first time in Justin Fields' pro career that he is starting in an offense that he already knows and that he has experience in, which puts into perspective exactly what he's been up against up until this point. But again, the Bears have added... I mean, the catalyst for the trade down, as Ryan Poles, their general manager, told us, was DJ Moore. He knew that the draft class of wide receivers was lacking there weren't there wasn't a great free agency class of wide receivers available either plus you're going to have to pay a lot of money for them so he got creative and he figured out a way to get a true number one wide receiver for justin fields in that trade back from the number one overall spot to number nine with carolina panthers dj moore despite the fact that he's had lacking quarterback play it during his time in carolina has put up 1,100-yard seasons back to back back and has been able to be super productive. And so it doesn't matter how far along Justin Fields is, DJ Moore should be productive. And if he's not, that onus falls, I think, on Justin Fields too. So you have a continuity on the offensive line. Also, we know the starting five already. That was what came out of minicamp, and we were all, I think, breathe a collective sigh of relief on behalf of the Bears. Like, Okay, no more revolving door at offensive line because that's very hard to adjust to. Uh, you also have this running back by committee where Justin is going to factor into the run scheme and the run game as part of it. So you have a tight, you have a couple now tight ends. You have not only Cole Komet, but Robert Tanyan, who was one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets up in Green Bay. He's reliable. He is, you know, he was coming off the injury last year after suffering the ACL injury, he's now two years removed from that, or will be two years removed from that, um, which can only, you know, help him kind of get back to form and who he was as a receiver. So Justin Fields is out of excuses. That's the main thing here. He needs to take that jump and he has all of the tools that he needs to do it. And we've hopefully seen that, you know, Jalen Hurts third year, he's been compared to a lot. Um, And I think Bears fans are hoping for a very similar trajectory for Justin Fields as we saw from Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah, I mean with the the rushing element is is can be so spectacular. I think he's the only guy who is uh, can be can be put on a par with uh, with Lamar Jackson as far as playmaking ability at it from the quarterback position. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean it, it's it's got to be it, it's got to be taking that 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 next step with DJ Moore. And you 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 know you definitely talked about it. I want to ask a specific question because it's kind of you know getting that top flight wide receiver makes a difference and and it it you know a lot of people also are comparing it to josh allen getting stefan diggs in 2020 jalen hurts getting aj brown last year at at you know those guys i mean aj brown was already a wide receiver one uh and 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 coming in and just did incredible things stefan diggs was kind of like a one and one a but became the best wide receiver in football uh at least in fantasy in 2020 i you know it can you can you like where is he, where is he going to help? Because I, I know you mentioned on on the last sick podcast episode how he was lining up everywhere. And how does that mm-hmm. how, how can that translate to him uh, possibly being one of the, you know, a, a great wide receiver and possibly even a top 10 wide receiver? Well, when
1: you look at number one wide receivers, obviously, they're going to garner the most attention from the defense. And if you know that this guy is purely an outside receiver, this guy is purely a slot receiver, that makes it a lot easier on defenses to defend. And then you have to kind of start going down your depth chart in wide, in your wide receiver room. But with DJ Moore, you literally never know where what route he's running, where he's lining up. And in, essentially, if you don't have a guy that can Mm -hmm. keep with him pace for pace and play man coverage on him he's a really hard receiver to play zone coverage against because of the fact that he can just go anywhere he has every route available to him he's got every alignment available to him and so that's going to scheme him open if luke getsy is able to do that and he's he's going to be a viable option for justin fields on every single play which is going to be very important for justin fields development And having that guy that he can lean on and maybe just kind of throw the ball up to and trust that he's going to be able to go get it, even though he's not the biggest and, you know, strongest, whatever, lengthy wide receiver, he can still win those 50-50 balls. Not to mention, I mean, I saw an uptick just even in the small sample size we were able to see at minicamp of anticipation throws from Justin Fields where Justin clearly already trusts DJ Moore to be in the spot that he's supposed to be in and when he's supposed to be there. And it seems that they've already developed a lot of that chemistry and that's going to be key. Cause that's something that you wanted to see out of Justin Fields last year, but he just didn't have the personnel to do it. And now it also trickles down into the rest of the wide receiver room where mm-hmm. Chase Claypool doesn't have to be the number one guy. Darnell Mooney doesn't have to be the number one guy. They have the number one guy. So that moves everyone down into the positions that they should be. And again, gives Justin Fields a plethora of options when it comes to pass catchers between them and the tight end room.
0: Uh, You know, when, when you're, you're talking about those wide receivers, can you see the pecking order? Is it, and I know Mooney is still kind of coming back from injury. Um, can you kind of see it after DJ Moore kind of being Claypool, then Mooney and uh, Adam Rank's favorite guy, Vilos Jones?
1: <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, the young kid that they just drafted, Tyler Scott, uh, yes, right. he's he's a, he's a speedster and he can probably factor in a, a lot and will be contending for reps at that wide receiver four spot. But no, I really do think that it's Chase Claypool right after DJ Moore and then Darnell Mooney. Again, Darnell Mooney is – he is is not a big guy at all, and he but he's fast. And you want to be able to utilize him in that regard and be able to utilize his strengths. Um, and trying to – so trying to make him a number one just was never going to happen last year. But Chase Claypool is, again, he was working with Justin Fields this offseason in Miami before OTAs even started. I think there's a little bit of frustration with the Bears front office in that Chase Claypool then was injured, and it was a minor injury – Everything about Aberflus told us was just, you know, it was a, out of an abundance of precaution that they held him out of minicamp. But Chase was still there, so he's completely bought in. He understands the system now. He's gotten more, you know, reps within it and understands the terminology. Um, and again, has that chemistry with Justin Fields. I remember when they had made the trade for DJ Moore and and traded down to get the extra picks and everything. Uh, two, one day later, two days later, I was at Chicago Bulls game. And I look up on the Jumbotron, and in a little box, there is Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney. They are all (laughs) in a box together, and DJ Moore is handing Justin his baby. Like, they were just – they already looked like the best of friends. So I think as much as there is the pecking order, it seems like these guys all have chemistry with Justin already – and they trust him as a leader and that is going to be the biggest thing that they need now is to just kind of put it all together and it doesn't really necessarily matter what the pecking order is cuz they all have their strengths and they all complement one another in that way
0: well you know what i mean just talk about the the, the this I, i've i've got Justin, I haven't I haven't finished my rankings, but getting back to Fields, I'm looking at him right now. He's going off as either the five, you know, the fifth or sixth quarterback in underdog drafts, and mm-hmm. I I think he's I, I you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on him to pay off just because mm-hmm. I think he's going to take that step because I think getting getting those receivers and I'm going to talk about the O line in a second. Want to close out on uh, on the receiving group on the on the tight ends. Cole Komet took a little bit of a step forward. He definitely had some chemistry with with Justin Fields certain weeks, but. The addition of uh, and also uh, the addition of Robert Tanyan plus the addition of DJ Moore is that are are the tight ends going to going to take more of a uh, step back in the uh, in this passing attack?
1: Yeah, I really think that Robert Tanyan is so. First of all, so at minicamp he's wearing number eighteen, which just <laughs> throws me off completely. But. I like in a pseudo, I'm like, all right, this really tells you though where his priorities lie because he's wearing a wide receiver number. So like he is a pass catcher. That's what Robert, I mean, he is a pretty well-rounded tight end as far as how you can utilize him as a blocker and as a pass catcher, which is another thing. Like Cole Komet coming out of Notre Dame, Cole was a blocking tight end. So they've been trying to make him a receiver ever since he came out of Notre Dame. And now that you have a true receiving tight end, it takes some of the heat off of Cole, I think, as well. And they can both complement each other in that way. And again, Robert Tunyon is now a vet when it's like, – this this is such a young team. And we heard from Robert Tunyon just, uh, like, last week right at the end of minicamp where he said – I get it. I'm a veteran now. Like I'm people are looking to me to lead, you know, this group of tight ends and just in general, the offense, because I have the most, one of the most experienced, I'm one of the most experienced players on that side of the ball. So he has embraced that role. He can be there. There's so many additions that he can make both tangibly and intangibly to the pass catching game. But again, he's just another reliable target that Justin can trust to be in a spot where he is supposed to be and do the things that he is supposed to do because he spent all those years with Aaron Rodgers and you got to be on your, on your stuff. If you're with, <laughs> if you're playing <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers and if Rogers trusts you, then, I mean, obviously that, that trust is warranted with Justin Fields.
0: Oh man. Okay. So we're going to, I guess we're going to find out on that one. It's going to be kind of wait and see, but yeah, you're right. I mean, both, both those guys, but I mean, yeah, DJ Moore, I definitely still see uh, like uh, after the after talking to you, I'm even more entrenched that DJ Moore is going to be the focal point in this passing attack, uh, yeah, very absolutely. easily. And, I mean, yeah, I could see him getting 150 plus targets and just, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh. So I want to ask you about um, the this this group of running backs, the the three headed uh, monster, I guess, <laughs> uh, or or the the you know the uh, committee of uh, yeah. K- Khalil Herbert. Deonta Foreman, uh, Roshan Johnson, yeah. how, how how are the carries going to be split up or is it just going to be you know, not just the carries, the touches, targets and everything, including targets?
1: In having conversations with the Bears running backs coach and then hearing what, um, you know, Matt Eberflus is saying just about this group. It really is a running back by committee approach, which I know is not the thing that fantasy people want to hear because that makes it really hard to know who to start. That being said, Maddie Rufus did say and did talk about how much um, Khalil Herbert is an, an every down back. He can do it all. He can catch, you know, passes out of the backfield. He can, you know, run north-south, he can get lateral. Like he has all of the skill, those skill sets to be able to be an every down back. But they brought in – that being said, they brought in Deontay Foreman because he's a great pass catching back too. And so you want to have some variety there. And then Roshan Johnson you think is more is, – is another versatile guy or vers- yeah has a lot of versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't – obviously the sample size on him is limited given the fact that he was behind B. John Robinson at Texas. So you don't know necessarily where his ceiling is or what he can turn into. So it just seems like all of these guys are good at everything. We don't know if they're great at anything. You know what I mean? And not to mention, which throws a whole other wrench into this, Justin Fields is going to be part of the run game. Justin Fields factors into this. Justin Fields you could put in that slash as the fourth running back because there are going to be plenty of designed runs for Justin Fields. And the fact that they want to get this play action game going a little bit more and the RPO game and all the other stuff that it's available to you when you have a quarterback that's as mobile as Justin Fields and as big of a run threat as he is. So that's going to factor into this as well. And I just I, I really I would steer away if you're a fantasy person and you're trying to but I, like, make heads or tails of this don't with the bears just don't like it's just it's it's too up in the air and they want it that way because at the end of the day that helps teams and offenses and scheme it's not again what fantasy players want to hear but uh it does help teams because it keeps defenses on their heels they don't know who to key in on um it'll be interesting to see if that it does then include multiple you know heavier personnel multiple back sets um That's going to be interesting to me is if you see more of these pro set formations where you have two running backs on the field in addition to Justin Fields, because at that point, I don't know what you're doing as a defense, who you're keying in on, what, like, you know, there's so many options when it comes to that. And then especially if you add in how versatile all of these running backs are, the fact that they can catch passes and run routes and all that other stuff is just it's going to be really interesting. And I'm really interested to see if, if Luke Getzey can really get the most out of this from a schematic, to, uh, a viewpoint. But again, if you're fantasy, I just, I don't know that this is the running back group for you. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh man. I, I think, I think at some point it's, one. yeah, it's definitely one of those ones you got to keep an eye on because, um, I, you know, one thing I did, a I, I did a, uh, rookie landing spots, uh, I, with, you know, series with running backs and uh, wide receivers. And one of the things that uh, when we talked about Roshan Johnson, it was, he's considered to be a very good pass blocker. And mm-hmm. obviously that gets that, that helps get rookies on the field a little bit more. Sure. Um, so, I mean, there's no blocking, you know. There, there's no blocking in OTAs or mini camps, so yeah, right. yeah, but, <laughs> We uh, yeah, see. <laughs> I know it, it's uh, you know. It, it, I know. I know that warms your heart to see the the big guys doing their thing, and we're going to talk about them in a second. But yeah, it, so I think yeah okay well um then i got my work cut out for me when i when when i'm going to try and break down this this backfield or it might just be just kind of watch who's who's on the field the most and yeah i I
1: think it's going to be khalil herbert because he's got the most experience in the offense and again they really you know he was good enough to wrestle carries away from david montgomery last year um but with the addition of jante foreman i'm like okay wait and then, like, you get Roshan Johnson, who could be that third down back, like you said, g- given his pass-blocking ability, which isn't something that you really see out of rookies. I also think he's going to add some special teams value. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, that just doesn't mean a whole lot to fantasy players.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. When, when you hear special teams, and you're just kind of like, oh, no, that means they're not going to be on the field when it really counts for fantasy. But, um, yeah. oh, well, I wanted to, you know, I know O-line play, it warms your heart. and. um this is, uh, you know, they had a Darnell Wright in the draft. And definitely that was one of the other things that wanted to keep, wanted to, you know, make sure that, that, um, to help Justin Fields take that next step because of the fact that he was running for his life sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, 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 did a, I did an NFL Legends, uh, interview with Jim Hart, the old St. Louis Cardinals quarterback. And I saw that he got, dra- he got sacked six times in an entire season. And 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 then I saw that Justin Fields got sacked seven times in one game at the yeah. end of the season. Um, so obviously different errors, but um, the the important to uh, as great as much as important as DJ Moore is to the to the passing game, is it equally important to see this offensive line take a step forward as a pass blocking unit to to keep Justin Fields upright and not running for his life?
1: Absolutely, it's vital. Everything starts up front. Um, on either side of the ball for that matter, which is why I love the trenches so much because I think that they are very underappreciated and people don't exactly, because there's not gaudy stats associated with these guys. You don't really understand the full effect and impact that they have on the game. But Justin was a great example of that, that when you don't have the trust and you don't have the time that, I mean, we're not seeing Justin Fields get through his progressions because he just simply doesn't have the time. And then that even when he does have the time, then he, he just doesn't trust it because it was a revolving door last season of offensive linemen and more than any other unit in football, they rely on continuity. You want the same five guys to start every single game and to know each other because they have to work as a unit all the time, which football is the ultimate team game, but offensive line is the ultimate team unit because you have to be in lockstep with all of the guys along your line in order to make it work. Otherwise, like, if there is one weak link, everything breaks down. So now, last year, we had no idea, by basically by game, who was starting along that offensive line. Now we have very clear-cut starters from minicamp going forward. Maddie Puffus was not shy in telling us that even though Lucas Patrick was getting a lot of the snaps at center, he's the backup. Cody White here will be center, and it's a place where he has experience. He has over 4,000 snaps played at center, despite the fact that he was a guard the last couple of years. So... You now from left to right, you have Braxton Jones, who the team got in the fifth round from Utah, Southern Utah. And now you have Tevin Jenkins, who had success at right guard last year, now moving to left guard. They tried him initially at left tackle. So he has experience on that side of the ball um, at the pro level. Wasn't didn't go great as left tackle, but the fact that, you know, he is now, um in the guard spot. And then on that side, then you have Cody white here at center. You have the newcomer, Nate Davis, who's not new to the league, but he's near the bears. He was with the Tennessee Titans prior to this. And then now you have Darnell, Wright, your right. Tackle. And that that's it. That's their starting five. And the fact that they know that now is music to every, should be music to every bears fans ears. Uh, Cause it's going to allow them to gel as a unit to, you know, provided no injuries happen, but they do also have, depth along the offensive line, because I think they learned from last year, like it's going to happen at some point, someone's going to go down. Now you have two guys that are very well trained at center, which is usually the most important part, given the fact that the centers are responsible for so much. Um, And then you have, you know, swing tackles and guys that can fill in along all along the line at every other position. So they have depth, they have continuity, and that is going to be huge for Justin Fields trust in the guys in front of him And, you know, being able to actually go out and read what the defenses are giving him, get through his progressions, and then we can perhaps see some of those deep balls that we got to see in college and and, and see that pay off for guys like DJ Moore and the rest of this Bears offense that, again, the Bears have invested so heavily in.
0: Oh man. So I wanted a quick look at the other side of the ball because uh, I mean, this, uh, I'm, I'm going to be frank and honest. This was a defense that I targeted almost on a weekly basis um, last year. Definitely resources got, got allocated toward that defense. Um, Where, where do you see, and, and Matt, having a, you know, having background in the defensive side of the ball, uh, do you, do you see them taking a step forward against the pass or the run this year?
1: I would think against the past this year, because I think that secondary, it's not deep. So one injury could be pretty catastrophic. Mm. But um, I do think that their starting defensive backfield has drastically improved. They're even the Tyreek Stevenson, their second round pick out of Miami. Um, he is going to be that starting outside corner. Uh, in their nickel package, at least, um, which they run a lot. I mean, they're a 4-3 defense, but it's more of a 4-2-5 defense. And they run their, they're they're running with their nickel package a lot, as most teams do these days, uh, more than they're in their base formation. So that includes Kyler Gordon, who they took last year in the in the nickel spot. He spent all last year learning that position. He is very firmly their starting nickel. And then you have Jalen Johnson, who is. Considered, I guess, a vet at this point, despite the fact that he's young. Uh, and now you're gonna have the rookie Tyreek Stevenson on the opposite side of Jalen Johnson on the outside. Couple that with their safeties. Eddie Jackson, who is the most tenured bear at this point, I believe, um, who embraces that leadership role. He was named a captain after both Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn left last year. Uh, he takes that role very seriously. He's as, you know, safety paired with Jaquan Brisker, who's a second-year player who was by far and away probably the Bears' most exciting player last year given that he was a rookie and he had so much success um, and really just sees the field and is a total ball hawk. So you have that defensive backfield. Again, they're not super deep, so one injury away from you know being average again, but that starting lineup is going to be a lot more effective against the pass. Um, I do think that they will have more success against the run as well. They, their linebacking core is stacked. I really appreciate what Maddie Berkeley has done, bringing in both Jermaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. Uh, I think TJ Edwards was the steel slash like most underrated signing almost all offseason for any team because this is a guy that wore the green dot for the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the best defenses in the league last year. And when green dot is the signal caller for the defense on the field. So he was entrusted with those, you know, with that responsibility for one of the best units in the league that went to the Super Bowl. So now you get him, and I feel like he was overshadowed by Tremaine Edmonds because Tremaine Edmonds is is so so much more of a flashier player. Um, But again, those guys are going to be able to really make an impact from the middle of the defense. I'm still worried about the defensive line. Um, I don't think that we'll see if they get the production out of the rookies that they need to in both Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. The Bears go on traits. That's a big thing that they draft off of. And that was evident in Javon Dexter in particular, because in at Florida, he was a two gap uh, defensive lineman. That was the responsibility. That was the scheme that he was in responsible for these two gaps, which means basically that you're there to eat up space. You're there to kind of sit back and really just be a defender and just kind of sit and not have to, uh, and not have the chance to go after the quarterback. That's not what Javon Dexter wants to do. That's not what the Bears are going to expect Javon Dexter to do. He's going to be a one-gap defensive tackle with the Chicago Bears, which means that he should be able to pin his ears back a little bit more and get to the quarterback, should being the operative word there. We'll see if that works out. They have a rotation of good, not great players on the interior of that defensive line. They don't have any blue-chip pass rushers. Um, They did bring in Demarcus Walker who is kind of a Swiss army knife along that defensive line can line up at multiple positions. So I think they're going to try and get creative, but they don't have a guy that's just going to like wreak havoc off the edge either. So that's going to be, we'll see. Uh, That's, that's the biggest question mark I have about this defense, but I'm really excited about the linebacking core right now and the starters in the defensive backfield.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mi amiga. Oh, This has been awesome. It's always great catching up, but just to hear you drop some knowledge like this. And and actually, yeah, and and I I was kind of seeing a little bit on the on the defensive secondary, by the way, Eddie Jackson, uh, Jerry Hairston's favorite player on defense. So uh, makes sense. He's a great guy.
1: He's still fun. He's really great, even with media and in interviews and stuff like that. He's just a ball of energy. So uh, and he's coming off the injury as well but he said he's feeling good and he should be ready for training camp so
0: oh and 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 Justin Jones also is uh, seems to be a great interview that that piece that you did <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah not shy which is hilarious too because Justin Jones has only been with the team for a year so that should tell you how deep this rivalry runs between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay <laughs> Packers he's bought in and he's only a year into this thing i'm like bro <laughs> I'm really glad that that that's that's a testament to the culture that the Chicago Bears are building internally, which is always a good sign, even if it's a little antagonistic.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, there's no antagonism here, but I want to I want to get. okay. last time we talked, we talked about Mexican food, you know, when Mm -hmm. you were living in Tampa. But Chicago is one of the great eating cities in the world Mm -hmm. and El mundo Uh, favorites Mm -hmm. in the city.
1: Oh my gosh. I literally just had one of the best meals I've had in the city, uh, last night at Rosemary in Fulton market, which was a restaurant I had been dying to try. Um, the chef there was so kind to us and ended up like, just bring, we didn't even order. He just brought dishes out and, and we got to try so many different things. And it's, I don't even know what type of food it really was i guess it's got an italian influence because there's pasta and stuff like that and the cacio e pepe was amazing being italian that was like i was like i love a good uh cacio e pepe especially because i spent time in rome living in rome um which is where the dish originates but um god i love any of the goat concepts and anybody that's been to chicago knows there's duck duck goat there's girl in the goat uh, little Goat Diner, even. All of those concepts are amazing. Um, there is a Mediterranean place in my neighborhood called Abba that's incredible, just incredible Middle Eastern Mediterranean food. Um, any little like, taco stand or truck that you find in, Pil- in the Pilsen neighborhood um, is some of the best tacos you'll ever get, especially if they come from the back of a grocery store, too. That's always like the best sign. It's like, okay, you walk into a grocery store, there's a taco joint in the back. You're like, these are about to slap. So any, any area in Pilsen and then, um, God, there's just, there's so many, it's impossible to name them all, but I'm enjoying, there's a reason that the Chicagoans in particular are probably 10 to 15 pounds heavier than everybody else in the country. (laughs) (laughs) We just always spend all day eating because we've got so many good, oh gosh. And I can't leave without shouting out the best sandwich in the city. JP Graziano's. It's the best Italian little deli. Um, You walk in there and it's just, you're just, it's every mom and pop place, but it's very well-known. And despite the fact that it's so well-known now, they still maintain like the quality. They sell their own Chardonnay, which is a very Chicago thing of peppers and like pickled carrots and peppers and onions. And it's just, it's, it's delicious. It goes on all their sandwiches. You can buy it separately. Uh, I'd be remiss to not mention JP Graziano's because that is the best cold cut sandwich in the city by
0: far. They better have a picture of Tommy Lasorda in there. So uh, <laughs> have they have. Picture.
1: I don't even know. Do they have pictures in that in there? I go oh. in there all the time. But I mean, it's just it's old world Italian deli. Oh. There's meats hanging from the from the ceiling. There's like a big case of antipasti and stuff like that that you can buy. It's just it's fantastic. It's it's amazing. I love it. It's my favorite place.
0: Oh, and uh, on the taco on the tacos, uh, taco meats. Is there favorite? Is uh, any favorites that uh, you found Um,
1: I'm always partial to carne asada. Uh, That's my favorite. Um, I like you know, obviously I like a little bit of spice, but carnitas is a is a big one for me too. I love those are those are my go to, especially at the top Store. I'm just like, all right, give me give me the sweet and the salty and the oh god, it's just uh, I love it.
0: Oh man. Breakfast time over here, but uh, I may have breakfast tacos. So um. <laughs> no, it's
1: getting towards lunchtime now. So I'm getting hungry.
0: <laughs> yeah, amiga uh, thank you. Please, I know, I know, we're sort of in the dead period, but I know you got a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, pump anything you want.
1: <laughs> um i did a case by case uh, or team by team case for winning the division on foxsports.com how this the nfc north is especially very wide open and every team has an argument for why they could win it uh i will i just wrote about jordan love and his expectations with the packers and how that could be more seamless of a transition than i think most people are giving it credit for uh also did a deep dive into Brian Flores' defenses prior to landing in Minnesota and what we can expect out of Minnesota's defense because of, you know, what his system is going to look like and the success he's been able to have without a double-digit sack artist, um, in, in, in both in Miami and even in New England. So, which is good news for the Vikings, given the fact that Danielle Hunter could be gone. Oh. Um, we will see. So, I have all that kind of stuff coming up on foxsports.com. And, yeah,
0: it's 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 the dead period but there's no there's no real dead period 24 7 365 it it, yeah. it never stops the nfl never stops and we're not going to stop with this nfl insider series but we're st- we're barely we're not even 10 into these and that tells you but we're, we're we've already raised the roof on this one so uh carmen muchas gracias thank you again for doing this again familia uh make sure you're following us on youtube Give us that thumbs up, hit that subscriber button, set those notifications because these are going to keep coming out. They're going to keep rolling up. You don't want them to back up. You want to watch, listen to them every day. And also you want to make sure you're going to underdogfantasy.com, Familia 23, use that promo code, match you up to the first hundred dollars. So first hundred, match you an extra hundred, get a lot of best ball drafts between now and September. And lastly, uh, for those of you who want to listen to us on audio, make sure you're on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to Spotify for podcasters for getting us out there. So again, I'm Jorge Martin at JorgeMartin17 on Twitter, Familia FFB everywhere else on Instagram, Facebook. But otra vez, muchas gracias to Carmen. Thank you all for watching. And remember, todos somos familia. Salud.